What's up, party people? Welcome to another episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau. And on this episode, we're going to get into talking about the wide receivers. Also, preseason week one was in the books. And we're going to talk about some standouts from that week. And well, I guess you all prepared for your draft. Mock draft season is upon us, getting you ready for your draft. All that and much more on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, Brain. You don't like me, and I don't like you. But let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. podcast. This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex the Bliss. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Help! Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. People, people. What's up, party people? Welcome, 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 welcome. Good morning to another episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man, 50 Grand Flex Hitless, here with my co host, live and direct, with much respect. Alex Marchetti, what's up, beer face? I jammed up there a little bit. I said flip. I said flip. Flip, 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 beep, 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 beep. Little scratch. scratch. For those of you that are still listening, um, Alex loves automatopoeia. Uh, yes. Loves automatopoeia. And I love saying the word automatopoeia, so it works out. There you go. You know? You haven't used automatopoeia so much, but in this show. You know what's funny? I started using automatopoeia a lot more because of because I know what it means, but it's like I always knew what it meant, but it was funny when Hannibal Burris said it. Do you, do you listen to Hannibal Burris at all? No. I love Hannibal Burris. I think he's hilarious. But, uh, you know, he did like a skit where he talks about like rappers, how they're always making the sounds they make whenever they're being thugs. Like, he's like, my gun go boom, boom, clap, clap, skip, boom, 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 bang, bang. He's like, yo, dude, all the automatopoeia is not necessary right now for this stuff. He's like, all this automatopoeia you're saying right now really doesn't make you more of a gangster. <laughs> Hannibal Burris is hilarious. Nick Cannon's hilarious. Nick Cannon, for real? You don't remember the Chappelle show? No. Ah, oh my God. That's so bad. <laughs> I, I might have watched it, but I just don't remember. My, it, was, it, was a, it was a skit. It was like when my he brain was like, doesn't, you know. It was like Dave Chappelle goes to his son about him. He's like, and he's like, what are you watching? He's like, Nick Cannon. He's like, what? Nick Cannon? And he's like, Nick Cannon's hilarious, daddy. <laughs> and then, like, and then like this, the Dave Chappelle's son thought Nick Cannon was funny, Dave Chappelle. And he goes to Nick Cannon. He's like, leave me and my new daddy alone. <laughs> Jesus. Get the hell out of here. He says they should. Ah, it's a funny skit. You got to watch it. Anybody who's laughing right now, just people who know what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, lots to talk about. Uh, once again, as always, follow us on uh, at BFB podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow us there. It's the same handle for both social media pages. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. Instagram is the one that uh, we use a lot more. Uh, pretty quick to put up all those uh, updates that we get that goes on with the news of football, with the injuries and the estate of Antonio Brown. And we'll be very quick to put up every single little inf- uh, tidbit and information that we get to keep you updated to the minute. And, you know, do it with some pretty cool pictures and visuals so you can watch, I guess. This is the New York Minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, so follow us on at BFB Podcast. Also, don't forget to keep checking out our website. I'm 
betterfantasybureau.com. Only two articles are there. That's all it is. That, uh, you know, one is a cool way to figure out your draft orders. I posted up a bunch of really cool ways and fun ways for you to figure out your draft orders. And the other one is the zero RB approach where I give some stats and some numbers really quick, real easy, nothing hard about if you don't take a running back early, don't be scared. There's still running backs to get later on, despite what is being told. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. We actually got a decent amount of subscribers to our newsletter. A lot, a decent amount of people are subscribing to the newsletter. And it's going to be just a quick either once or twice a week information that's going to just go out quick to get you ready for your weekly lineups and just stuff like that. So we're going to uh, set you up for success as, as, as best as, <laughs> as best as we can, you know, like we always say here, you know, we're not gurus, we're not experts, but you know what? We think we're pretty damn good at this game and we really believe we could help you out. And then that's how we go going forward. We're, we're very confident in our advice. Yes, sir. We are. That's how it goes. Boom. Uh, so moving on. So uh, preseason week one in the books finished last week. Uh, of course, at you know at the restaurant where we work at, I automatically put on the Giants Jets game from last week. You know, but just in general, you know, as much as we saw that game, I know I saw highlights and I saw some some videos of all the other games that went on throughout the week. So tell me, Mark Eddie, about like certain things that stood out for you week one that uh, you're going to be keeping an eye on. Brian Hill maybe will surf, surface uh, surface to be the backup running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Ito Smith didn't show anything last season. And, uh, you know, Brian Hill, he was, he was with, with the Cleveland Browns last the season before. And, you know, in this season, you know, in this week, the past week, you know, he showed that he might be able to, uh, you know, he had a good performance, and he shows that he might be able to take that uh, backup role, and potentially, you know, you know, get some snaps. So, especially in dynasty, this is a player that you should be looking at, Brian Hill, as the handcuff for Devontae Freeman, who has been injury prone as of late. So he's definitely more. Would you recommend saying that he's a backup? You would want to take more over Edo Smith? Yes. Really? Yes, because uh, Edo Smith didn't show anything last season, and. Uh, Brian Hill has shown, you know, that he has, you know, the the, the burst, and you know the juke, the break, the breakaway, you in, know, in preseason week one. Yeah, I guess, right, I guess but sec- a lot of things go on in preseason week one that don't really go into the NFL. Yes. No, I understand, but it's something to look at, and he it seems like to catch. Uh, uh, just to correct myself, he was with the Bengals, not the Browns. Sorry about that. Okay, but um, last season, you know. It looked like he could pass catch, you know. He 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 has shown that, and you know, in the preseason, you know, he you no, know, it, it looked he looked all right, you know. The, so I don't know. He's a player that that you should be looking at. Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind keeping my eye on him. I'm still not drafting him over Edo Smith as the handcuff to Devontae Freeman. From what we know now, maybe a little more down the line, but I'm not gonna say that he's gonna be the straight handcuff to, you know. Devontae Freeman, or is either going to outperform Edo Smith anytime soon? Like he could. I'm not. I'm not denying that he can't. I'm not denying that you don't want to look for him. I just wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll be taking him over Edo Smith in the drafts. I'm not going to go as far as say that. All right, fair enough. But you know, with the lim- limited amount of touches and opportunities he had last season with the Falcons, uh, 
he he was averaging seven point eight rush per attempt. How many attempts? He had twenty attempts. Okay, and they're the last two games that he played for the the Falcons uh, against the Carolina. He had eight attempts and he rushed for one hundred and fifteen yards <laughs> in that game. And then the one with the Tampa Bay, he rushed you know for thirty yards and eight attempts. So you know. Just keep an eye on him. Yeah, you know that I, that I could agree with. All right, so that's, um, that's one. What about you? Uh, duh, Nathan Peterman. Duh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did you see his highlight reel from the Week One game? Did you see it? Uh, him just running. He he did like a fifty-yard run. Yeah, I know. It's Nathan Peterman. For He's Pete's like, sake. you know what? Uh, I'm I'm not going to throw the ball here. I'm just going to run and just show that I'm an exceptional runner. Listen, let's be clear. And a subpar passer. But no, no, not <laughs> subpar. Let's just, subpar is not the word. Let's be clear here. Do not draft Nathan Peterman. For the love of God, do not draft Nathan Peterman. Unless you're one of those guys on your on your lead that you just love to be funny and you just you just think Brady's going to get a kick out of it and you want to waste your last pick on it, go ahead. But. It's just fun to watch because Nathan Peterman has such a story of being, you know, just uh, having an opportunity to start over Tyrod Taylor for some reason and just being God awful, like five picks in the first first half. Like, it's just awful, just absolutely awful. And then, you know, just it made people laugh that he still got signed by the Raiders. But to see him run like 50 yards is pretty fun to watch. <clears throat> um, no, one, what, what? Yeah, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say, speaking of quarterbacks, um, it's interesting what's going on in the in Tennessee Titans with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, with Tannehill and Mariota? Yeah. And I think that's going to be an interesting quarterback battle. I think Marcus Mariota is going to start as the quarterback. But if he struggles early, he's in his last season of his rookie contract. And if he struggles early, there might be an opportunity for uh, Ryan Tannehill. You know, and he's shown, you know, he, I know with Miami he didn't show that, you know, that he – and anything at all, you know, and you know, the Dolphins obviously gave up on him, but you know, maybe he needed just a different, you know, team, a different scenario, a different set. I don't. I, I and think, and he did pretty good for the preseason. I think Tannehill, not for nothing, has always been a bit underrated. I know injuries has held him back at least, but I've always find him found him to be a better, like about a, a you know, a average or slightly above average quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I, I just always thought he was a little bit under underrated and not valued enough. But, you know, like I said, injuries in the perform. He was on a bad team for for a long time. I didn't give him the opportunities to really perform like that. But I, I've always liked Tannehill. But so I, I could I could definitely realistically see him taking that starting job away from Marcus Mariota. And speaking about quarterbacks, which is also fun to watch for us, especially as Giants fans, it was great to see Daniel Jones play really, really well. It was great. Tell me not. Tell me not. It was fun. Now, because of the fact that I've been saying it, I've been saying that if you watch even like on the Instagram at BAB podcast, I put out a video about my reactions to the Daniel Jones. I'm not happy with it. I'm still not happy with it because of the fact that I felt that Josh Allen was the pick. Right. And I feel that he would have dropped 17. Now, who knows how right I would have been. But I did say there that Daniel Jones could be great. It's possible. I doubted it. I'm not saying it's impossible. I was open to the idea of it. You know what I mean? I didn't believe it. I also didn't believe in Dwayne Haskins either, but I assumed that Dwayne Haskins was going to be better than Daniel Jones, and it's turning out that he's not. Dwayne Haskins is not looking good at all. But 
I just said, like, same thing, like, you know, like, James White last year in the draft did better than Melvin Gordon. You still don't take James White over Melvin Gordon last year in your draft, you know, right? Yeah, of course. So that, that's how I felt about with the Dylan Jones situation. Regardless of that, it was fun to watch him do really well. And, of course, everybody's changing their narrative about it. But I will say this. If he continues that level of pace, and he looked sharp, you know, stayed in the pocket real quick, had a good, you know, good throw on the ball. It was smooth. It was clean. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like he had a decent enough arm strength. You know, he was pretty accurate with it. He got, you know, he made five out of six, completed five out of six of them, you know, threw for a touchdown. It was pretty good. He looked- what was impressive was uh, that touchdown throw. To Benny yeah. Fowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tight window. Yeah, yeah. So a small opportunity. You know, he took advantage of it. He hit it, you know, right in the mark. And, oh, he was good. It was good. But what um, what I'm trying to say is for fantasy implications, not for nothing, if if you decide, if you're in a one cube, if you're in like a two QB league, right? Not, yeah. not even two QB. I actually don't recommend it if you're in a two QB league. I don't recommend drafting them. If you're the type of player that likes taking a backup quarterback, not for nothing. I am one of those guys. I like taking a backup quarterback. I'm not recommending. You're crazy. I never take a backup quarterback. Everybody's, what, now, like I Only said. Only dynasty, but as well. My number, my number one argument for Wiz, one year when I did it, I ended up taking Carson Wentz in the last round. Yeah. The last round. The, the year he blew up, his second year. And I took him as a backup. So people want to, you know, I, I like it. I, I like the idea of having it. Uh, it's not a lot of trade bait, but there have been times where it was. I ended up taking Carson Wentz in the last round, and I ended up picking Deshaun Watson up on waiver wires. And then the guy, I remember Aaron Rodgers got hurt. That was the year that he got hurt with tackled by the Minnesota Vikings. He got hurt. I had great trade bait for that situation. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't remember what the trade was for, but I had great trade bait for the situation. But regardless of the fact is that I do like taking a backup quarterback. I like having it for my bye week filler. I like having a stud quarterback. Um, but the point is, if you want to take a chance on Daniel Jones, he very well might be taking over Eli Manning's job. Not recommending it. Not recommending it. Just saying, I don't think it's crazy if you take him at the end. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's just out of this world of taking him at the end. I'm not saying I recommend taking him. Just if you did, as a, as a backup quarterback, and he ends up getting a starting job, you never know. All right. That's all. Uh... One big standout to me, a big, big standout to me, not for nothing, was Devin Singletary. He was a big standout to me. He looked really, really good. He looked really strong. He ran the ball well. You know, he seen him catching passes out of the backfield. And like I said, he was a big sleeper for me. He was somebody I was always targeting. I got him in our dynasty draft. He's somebody I've been talking about. And I remember when I posted out uh, a while ago, after the NFL draft, I posted out the rookie rankings, like, for upcoming dynasty draft, like the rookie rankings. And he made my top 10 list. He was number 10. Now, some people thought I was, you know, he was a little, I was a little too high on that. The only reason I even put Devin Singletary there as number 10, honestly, for me, he's higher, but you could get him later. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah. um, it's, it's like, if, if you know, there's, there's certain wide receivers. I, be, I believe in later rounds than I do more in the earlier rounds. Or certain running backs that I would believe in more in the later rounds than I would in the early rounds, but I wouldn't rank them there because you're going to get them later. You know what I mean? You, you understand what I'm trying to say? No, I understand. So Devin Singletary was one of those guys that I got. I was pretty hyped on. I got a very, very, very bold prediction, and this is really, really bold. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Devin Singletary will be this year's Alvin Kamara. That's what you think. 
That that's my bold prediction. Uh bold. I'm, that's that's bold because Buffalo Bills offense is nowhere near comparable to the New Orleans Saints. That's why I think Devin Singletary is that good. And Josh Allen is no Drew Brees. That's why I think Devin Singletary is that. I'm not saying he's going to put out exactly his numbers, but he's going to be the guy taken like in the such later rounds. I don't even know what his ADP is right now. I think it's somewhere like in the 14 round or something like that. He's going to be that guy taken so late and like the round of like the, the double digit rounds that he's end up going to go like be like about a top 15 back, top 15, top 20 back. Yeah, that's that's pretty bold, man. Uh, that you're you're pretty much banking that the Bills are gonna have a good offense and Josh Allen becomes the the next coming of Drew Brees. I don't think it. I'm not saying it anything to do with the offense of the Bills or the play of Josh Allen. I just think Devin Singletary is that good. Devin Sim- Singletary is going right now in the eleventh round. I just think he's that good. All right, all right. That's uh, my point to make. And I, I, it was you know, he's been working a lot with the first team reps. You know, LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore. I mean, Frank Gore never dies, so I don't know. He'll be, he'll be his biggest problem. But LaShawn McCoy still may be traded. He's still, you know, they're still saying he's the guy, but I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Devin Singletary, I think, is going to get the opportunity to be that guy sooner than later. No, they do have some Asian backs there. But uh, have you watched the Bears with David Montgomery? Three receptions with 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's, you know, raving about it, ranting and raving. They're, you know, they're saying Breaking he's Breaking some tackles. They're saying he's looking like a beast, you know. So, they're Tariq Cohen. You know, are you nervous? No, I, I, Tariq Cohen's still going to be involved, like I said yesterday, last last year. Not, sorry, like I said uh, last week on the episode, that Jordan Howard is still... Um, was still that guy over there for a while, and Tariq Cohen still they still split. They had like almost the same amount of touches, the same amount of plays. They split like literally 50 50 the amount of touches and the amount of plays. And they, you know, and to, uh, Tariq Cohen still outperformed them, you know. So I, I still see Tariq, uh, Tariq Cohen still having a big role in this offense, and I still see him doing just fine for his ADP. That's the thing. Like, it's I just think it cost me a lot less to get. Uh, uh, another guy that's that's gonna be like an RB two. I think it just cost me a lot less. Like David Montgomery is like borderline. You're, you're paying borderline RB one prices for him. Borderline. So it's just. Uh, but I'll tell you this much: I've definitely am a little more comfortable seeing him after he's played now. But I'm still probably more likely not touching him. All right, cool. Not 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 to say that he's not gonna be a beast. And I'm not saying I don't recommend people taking him because it looks like he's gonna be play really really well. You know. I still think it's too much. Like Pat Mahomes, you, you know, I have him still going. Like in my rankings, I still have him going more or less about the third, fourth round. You know, but I'm more, but I'm not going to take Pat Mahomes because I'm not going to take a quarterback that early. So I just think it's too much for a rookie running back that's still going to be in a committee for me. That's all I'm saying. All right, fair enough. Uh, another person to send up for me with Jacoby Myers. Now, who you just traded for? Who I just traded for, right? Absolutely. But that hype train is rolling for him. Nikhil Harry's underperforming, and now he's dealing with some injuries. Nikhil Harry, he's been hurt, so that just leaves more windows opportunities. Josh Gordon's suspension is still not up. Demarius Thomas is still not cleared to play. Julian Edelman is still dealing with the thumb injury. He might emerge as you know in that starting lineup, and might just you know like really uh. You know, show off for the Patriots. Show off and get more snaps. Yeah, yeah, he's looking good. Uh, I, I remember you asked me what, what I thought about that trade, and uh, I, I kind of like that trade. And, um, you know, it, it seems like 
his stock is rising, you know, is looking more on the up and up for them. Uh, another player that that stood out for me in the preseason is Mike Boone. I think he's given Alexander Madison the run for his money for the backup role. Yeah, so uh, Alexander Madison is, I believe, and there's still some people out there that don't believe he's a clear-cut handcuff to Dalvin Cook. I believe he still is. I say 100% that he's still the 100% handcuff to him. There's a lot to still be to see. But he's definitely something you want to keep your eye on the backfield is going on there in Minnesota because of the fact uh, I, I, I've been ranting about Alexander Madison. I recommend drafting him. Even if, I think I actually recommend drafting him even more if you're not a Dalvin Cook owner to give yourself some trade capital, give yourself an opportunity. If you go zero RB approach, I just believe that Dalvin Cook will get hurt sooner than later. And Alexander Madison is going to be that guy that's going to step up and take over. And then you're going to have yourself a strong RB and a good offense, you know, if you went that zero RB approach. So, I really do recommend taking still uh, Alexander Madison the draft. From what we know now, maybe that might change as the preseason rolls along. But from what we know now, he's still the guy, I believe. And Mike Boone is going to run for the money, yes. Yeah, he's going to give him a run for the money. And then I just, just, you know, out of curiosity, I did some research on, you know, Mike Boone and com- try and compare him to Alexander Madison on their metrics. And it seems like Mike Boone all across the board is, you know, his workout metrics are way better than Alexander Madison. Uh, you're talking about burst score that puts him in the 100% percentile in burst score compared to Alexander Madison, who's at a 75th percentile. And, you know, you're, you're talking about the agility score where Alexander Madison, this is on <coughs> pro, playerprofile.com that I did this research, he's at 48th percentile amongst all running backs. Meanwhile, um, Mike Boone is at 11.58th percentile. And, you know, all across the board, if you look at speed and stuff, Mike Boone is a speedster from what you see. What you see. And then I looked at some of his college uh, stats. Uh, he, he, he seems pretty good, you know. So, you know, we'll see. You know, I, I could see why people say it's not a true lock for Alexander Madison for the, you know, the, the, the RB2 for, you know, the Vikings. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I, I still believe he is, but right. I definitely hear that. But speaking of speed, man, Cole Hardman is fast. And it's unfair to have a guy that fast to pair up with Tariq Hill and you have Pat Mahomes throwing you the ball. That is as unfair. Like um, Sammy Watkins, you know, is very injury prone. So Miko Harmon, he's still competing for that third wide receiver spot, you know, guys like DeMarcus Robinson, but I think he's going to outperform them. I'm happy I took him in the rookie draft. And I'm not saying he's going to make an immediate impact this year. Uh, you know, I'm happy I took him in a dynasty startup, not rookie, but uh, he's fast. He's fast. He's, uh, I think he's definitely, you know, one reason they did get him was not for the fact to always to prepare themselves for the possible suspension of Tariq Hill, but to also when Tariq Hill is his last year in his contract for next year, like, hey, listen, you know, you don't want to take this contract. We got Miko Harmon to take over for you. We'll be just fine. Yeah, they set themselves up for now, not even for just this season, but for the seasons to come. And uh, Miko Harmon looks like he's, you know, the Tyreek Hill. Maybe, possibly, he could be the 2.0 of Tyreek Hill. Who knows? But uh, does that concern you with Tyreek Hill for this season in redraft as far as the amount of touches that he will be able to get. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not loving him too much in redraft at this point. I'm not saying uh, I'm sure somebody's going to draft him. I'll definitely take him very very late as like why not as a dart throw to to pick up. Um 
We'll talk about it when we get to the second, you know, a little more when we get to the second part of our yeah. wide receiver rankings, what we do tomorrow. But he's not somebody that I'm going to be looking for in redrafts, but not somebody I'm going to ignore. He was somebody I was looking for in our dynasty league, and he is somebody that I took. I pretty much ran really young with the with my bench for the most part in the dynasty. I went pretty young with everybody. So, like I said, he's not somebody that I'm looking for in the redrafts, but he's also not going to be somebody that I just will ignore or overlook. There are other players that I will definitely overlook, but he's not one of them. Gotcha. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. You know, um, another guy also to keep your eye on, uh, especially dynasty wise, more than re- a lot more dynasty wise than redraft wise. But redraft, he, you know, you never know. He might pop up. I'm sure it'll probably be a wave wire pickup some point down the line. Especially if Daniel Jones does play, is uh, TJ Jones somebody to look at because he also caught a touchdown pass, not from Daniel Jones, but he caught a touchdown pass in the preseason game in week one and in practices and a lot of like you know drills they've been running. Daniel Jones has been connecting really well with him, and he's played in the previous seasons. He's played before with the Lions, and he's he hasn't made any noise whatsoever. And he's really not making much noise now, but at least he's getting a little more recognition in the Giants offense, especially with the wide receivers uh, situation being kind of like up in the air, you know, with Golden Tate suspension and Sonny Shepard's fingers uh, broken in problems. So he's still somebody that at least to recognize the name, to know the name. I'm not saying watch out for him or draft him or look for him. But there's a name that if it pops up, don't be surprised about it, about T.J. Jones. That's all it is. In redraft, I said T.J. for this season, yeah. Uh, If I want to take a flyer, deep flyer, and this is only for, like, Dynasty, it might be a Reggie White Jr. That's a player that maybe as a flyer, deep, 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 dart throw. Because he took Odell's number? Yeah. (laughs) That's why. And he's a junior. Okay, he's a junior. <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, in preseason, he had four catches, 60 yards. Of course, it's against, like, third, four strings. Guys no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and make the, it's just, the, I see the, that the league, you know? The reason yeah. I was saying to you, because I just see in practices. That he's he, a veteran, he too, you know? He was playing with the Detroit Lions, you know? Yeah. This, you're, you're talking about somebody that has experience already, has been through the ropes, compared to, you know, this wide receiving core that is very young, you know? Speaking of the wide receiver cores, let's go through it to our wide receiver discussions of part one about the wide receivers. Now, um, we all agree, DeAndre Hopkins, right? Or do you take Devontae Adams over DeAndre Hopkins? That seems to be a battle going on. With Kiki Kuti's injury. Which they say update is uh, not that serious, they're saying. But it just seems Uh like... Whoever is the wide receiver two, wide receiver three for the Texans, injury is going to be a concern for them. And and I feel like, you know, Hopkins, you know, Hopkins is, is Mr. Consistent. You know, he's going to he, 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 he's going to just perform and he's just a, a sure shot. So if you feel like Devontae Adams, it, it could be better than uh, DeAndre Hopkins is because his he's going to rise on touchdowns and the consistency is going to be there. And Aaron Rodgers having a semi off season because obviously he was injured and playing with a broken leg. Then by all means, I I'm not going to go against you. Devontae Adams is also a good pick as your first wide receiver, but I'm gonna go with someone that has been consistent, who has the best hands in football, and that's DeAndre Hopkins as my number one. So yeah, yeah. Um. Once again, he's looking up again about Kiki Cutie. They say that his ankle injury is not a major one. So 
But that doesn't mean he's going to be ready week one. That's yet to be seen. But they're saying at least it's not a major one. We're more than likely not going to see him for the rest of the preseason. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hawkins, I'll, I'll make it very simple about the DeAndre Hawkins and Devontae Adams thing. When it comes to standard leagues, take Devontae Adams over DeAndre Hopkins. When it comes to PPR leagues, take DeAndre, take Hopkins over Adams. Very simple. You take Hopkins over Adams in the PPR. You take Adams over Hopkins when it comes to standards because I just feel like there's going to be more touchdowns for Adams than there will be for Hopkins. Really? All yeah, right. 100%. I'm, I know, I'm very, very confident in that. So right. that, I think, is like the easiest way to put it. If you're in a PPR league, hold on, I got to sneeze. Huh? Oh, man. God bless you. Anyways, so uh, take Hopkins in PPR, take Adams in standard first. Those are the wide receivers. That's as easy as I could put it. Uh, they're both studs. They're both in very good offenses. They both have very good quarterbacks. And even their quarterbacks are like borderline there in the top. Like for me personally, um, now with the whole Andrew Luck thing, which they're saying also now it, it is dealing with a bone problem. What was that update that I just got? Let me see. Something about Andrew Luck dealing with the bone. Wait, yeah, wait, before, uh, Colts before, owner Jim uh, Ursay says Andrew Luck is dealing with a small little bone issue. All right. What is calf? Thanks. Just want to go be, uh, back on the Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Who had the most end zone targets? Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah, but Adams gets the more touchdowns. Who had the more most reds, uh, red zones? Adams. Hopkins. Okay, but Adams still going to get more touchdowns. Yeah, he got more touchdowns, but I just think he's going to get more touchdowns. All right. No matter what. All right, cool. Um, So... With the whole Andrew Luck thing, I have the Deshaun Watson as my number two quarterback this year. I had Andrew Luck as number two. He's dropped now to number four for me because it seems like it might be a real issue. So he might miss a couple of games. So with that being said, uh, with DeAndre, we know with Deshaun Watson as my number two quarterback, I you know, and number three. So like their quarterback, their quarterbacks for those two wide receivers are like number two and three in my top three. So you really can't go wrong with either one you pick. But if I'm making my recommendations, PPR Hopkins. Standard Adams. Uh, Michael Thomas, we also know is a beast. His catch percentage rating is also extremely high. He's got a, he's got a brand new deal. He's there for the next five years. Uh, he's got his, you know, he's Drew Brees is, you know, towards the back end of his career, but he's still Drew Brees. It's a Sean Payton offense. It's a high-flying offense. First rounder, without a doubt. Julio Jones comes after. Now, I've been famously talking about Julio Jones and saying that, I love Julio Jones. What's not to love about Julio Jones? Julio Jones is constantly, always, every year, despite the injuries, is in the top 10 at all times. So I love Julio Jones. Me too. I love Julio Jones. But I'm down on him more than anybody else this year because of the fact of his schedule. He has a very difficult schedule. Now, Julio Jones is also that guy that could overcome Difficult schedules. Just like look at DeAndre, uh, Devontae Adams. He's got to play the Bears twice, and he's got to play the Vikings twice. He's also got to be difficult. And he's got to go play. I mean, as much as the Lions are not a strong team, but Darius Slay is a strong cornerback. He's one of the best in the league right yeah. now, Darius Slay. So he's got to face three of, like, the top five cornerbacks in the league twice, Devontae Adams. But he's that good on that good of an offense that you still take him. Mm-hmm. You still take him, I, I think, as, as the number two overall. So, but Julio, the thing is with him, the reason I, I'm not cra- crazy about him as much as I am about Devontae Adams, with the same situation, they both have strong, strong difficult schedules to face against good defenses. Uh, one, I just think Aaron Rodgers is better than Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan I still think is a phenomenal quarterback. But two is that Julio gets 
hurt. Always, every now and then, you see him some turf toe injury. And three, we would, and one, one is that he gets hurt and two, whatever. I'm losing my numbers. The other point is, is that he uh, doesn't get the touchdowns all the time. That's the biggest thing about Julio Jones is that you can't depend on his touchdowns. I just feel like the Devontae Adams is still going to always get those touchdowns. Even with that, he still ranks as top wide receiver. Always, yes. Always. No, 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 no. I get it. I'm just saying that I'm not as high as him because of because of it. He's always going to have that turf toe problem. He's always going to have the injury problem. And he's always going to have the touchdown problem. But you add the difficult schedule on top of it is what makes me not as high as everybody else is. How are you gauging the difficult schedule? Is it just because of the cornerbacks he's facing? No, it's just tough schedules he's facing. The Vikings, the Eagles, the Colts. The Titans are not a bad pass, you know, uh, passing back um, of a team. They have a good pass defense. The Texans have a good one. The Rams, the Saints, the Seahawks are also good at defending the passes. You know, the Saints, they got to face twice. The Jaguars, they got to face, they're going to face twice. No, yeah, no, sorry. They face once because they face uh, Fantasy once. Pros has, uh, as far as strength of schedule, the Falcons as the fourth easiest schedule for wide receivers. No. I, I, how, how can you say that? Did you not just see who I just mentioned? The Vikings, the Jaguars, the Colts. All right. Well, These are no. all good defenses. These are all very good defenses. The Texans, the Rams, the Saints twice. You're telling me it's easy for any for anybody to go against, um, what's, his name? Uh, not, what's his name, Latimer, whatever. I forget his name, the cornerback. For the Saints, he has a really good. He's a yeah, really good La- Latimer. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, that's not an easy schedule. I don't know. Well, to me, it's not. It's not going to concern me. I know, like he, if you're an owner of a Julio Jones, uh, you know he's annoying to have as uh, as your wide receiver because he always going to have a P or a Q, probable, questionable, uh, every week. We they took out the problem. They took out the problem. So the questionable, right? So he's always going to have that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, this anxiety builds up with that and, you know, a little frustration. But Marshawn Latimer. Mar- yeah, Marshawn Latimer. Uh, but by the end of the season, you're going to look at the numbers and you're like, wow, you know, he ended up as a wide receiver one. You know, he's he, he won't hurt you. I know your concerns with him, you know, with Calvin Ridley and all, but. Uh, I'm not, Calvin Ridley is not a concern for me. No, it's not a concern. Calvin Ridley is not a concern for me. The main, like I said. You're always going to have the injury special. and the touchdowns are always going to be the biggest concerns for Julio. Those are okay. always the two biggest ones. But you add on this difficult schedule of the teams that he's faced against, it just adds on to my worries. I'm not saying he's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I'm just not as hyped to get him in my own personal rank. Like if you took Julio over Michael Thomas, I get it. I'm not mad at you for that. Okay. But I have Odell. Anti-Reek Hill above Julio. I'm more comfortable taking one of them two than Julio Jones. Call me crazy, but that's me being comfortable. That's not me recommending to people to it, but they're just saying if you... You're you're, you're talking about Odell Beckham who hasn't played a complete season. How long? Right, no. He's also injured too, but also Julio Jones gets injured. And you're talking about the target share, the amount of... of receivers that 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 needs the ball for the Cleveland Browns, right? No, no, no. There's so, question marks all around yeah. for everybody. And you rather have Odell over? I ra- I'm more comfortable with Odell than Julio. Like I said, you. I still think that Odell's. I think Odell's gonna have more touchdowns than Julio Jones. Okay, is that crazy for me to say? Yeah, but as far as more receptions and targets, I said more touchdowns. All right, so in standard, you like Odell. Uh, I'm just in general. We're okay. not talking about standard PPR. Don't you know? Don't try to like like nitpick and point. I'm just saying, is it crazy to say that Odell's going to have more touchdowns than Julio Jones? No, it's not. So is it crazy to believe that you would want the the the, the wide receiver that's going to get more touchdowns? 
So you're going for the touchdown upside? No, it's, it's not just that. I'm making just a point. You know what I mean? Just like a, like a little specific. No, point. but what to you? I what, think Odell's a better player than Julio. What? That's that's another debate. All right, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a bit, another but it's up, so, but it's up for debate nonetheless. That's up for debate. You know, so Julio, I, think, I, I, I don't think know that, what what has Julio Jones showed that he's not better than Odell Beckham. What does Odell show that he's not better than Julio? Well, at least he has to play a full season. Or at least and Julio hasn't played a full season either. But he still ends up as a top wide receiver. Right. No, I get it. But also one thing with Odell is that he had that serious injury back like two, three years ago that ended up keeping him out the entire season. All right. You know, that's where every wide receiver died about it. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, that's another debate. But uh, all right. So you have Odell. So you have Julio Jones as your sixth wide receiver. Basically, I still have him over Juju uh, and Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Yeah, so but I have Tariq. I I have Odell and Tariq Hill above him. I have Juju as my fifth. Okay, I have Juju as my fifth. I have Odell as the sixth, and then you will have Tyreek Hill as the seventh. All right, but I I, I yeah no, I have uh to Tariq Hill and o, and Odell above Julio. All right. Uh, so moving along the lines, moving down. Uh, Juju, I mean, it, it, it was funny. So the fantasy footballers, when they had his live draft on Juju's, uh, the sleeper bot, sleeper, whatever draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like ran by Juju Smith-Schuster and a bunch of celebrities in it, you know, like, like Zac Efron and Ninja, the gamer and, uh, Tim, the Tatman and Supreme Patty, that annoying guy. But, um. So they had the league, and then the, the fantasy footballers ended up taking Juju Smith-Schuster in the first round. And the, one of the main reasons they did it is that if you take Juju Smith-Schuster in a league ran by Juju Smith-Schuster, Juju's first pick was DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't even take himself. <laughs> so, but the fantasy footballers just felt that, listen, taking, giving up the chance to take Juju in a Juju draft against Juju, it's like too good. Like That was too good of a reward for them, so they, that's why they ended up taking him first. You know how many targets Juju had last season? How many? 166. Yeah, no. Antonio Brown, 169. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, first of all, I don't care what team you're on, you lose Antonio Brown, your offense is going to be worse. That's just a given. Did you watch uh, the the other players that they have, the Steelers? James Washington looked pretty good. Right, but they're saying Dante Moncrief looks like he's going to be the number two guy. But they have, I think they're deep in wide receiver core. Like, it's it's not like they're like the Giants. No, right no, no, now. I get so, it. No matter. And you still have Bender. No, no. No matter what team you're on, I don't care what it is, you lose Antonio Brown, your offense automatically gets worse. That's just a given. That's just, that's just off the bat. Because you can't say Juju's as good as Antonio Brown. No. No, he's not. But he has, well, you know what? Last season. Last season is pretty comparable. You this know, guy, this guy was you're, you're wide about, receiver look, number twenty three so, last year. So one hundred sixty six targets for uh, Juju. He had one hundred eleven receptions compared to Antonio Brown, who had one hundred sixty nine targets and one hundred four receptions. And Juju had more yards, uh, receiving yards now, than Antonio is, Brown. This is the now, only thing where Antonio Brown beat him is uh, touchdowns. He had fifteen touchdowns compared but, to Juju. But Seven. but this is of course the biggest debate of the year. The biggest yeah. debate is that. Now the attention will all be on Juju. Yes, no, that, I, so I do that's agree the there. biggest debate. That's the biggest worry there. Now there are games where Antonio Brown did not play. Juju still did fine. Juju still dominated. He still killed. I hate saying his name. It keeps bothering me. To say Juju over and over. But it's he's still. Uh, hey, I, I like one of the, like one of the best uh, rappers in Queens. Uh, his name is Juju, right? 
Beat nuts. <laughs> beat nuts. Oh god. No, nah, he wasn't the best rapper, but. but I get what you mean. No, no, no. There's, we can show respect. It's fine. Yeah. So um pay homage. That's fine. To Corona. I'm okay with that. Cycle less. Like, uh, <laughs> uh but it's that that's just the biggest debate. It's it's just a see is Juju that good? Do I believe he's that good? You wanna know what? I believe he could be. If you had me to make a choice, is he that good? Yes or no? I'm gonna say yes. But I'm not saying it with a ton of confidence. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, if I had to pick between yes or no, is Juju that good? Just yes or no? I'm leaning more towards the yes than I am the no part, but not with a ton of confidence. You know what I mean? Like I am way more confident having, I'm even more confident having Julio over Juju. But I have Juju right there. Well, yeah, no, I, I'll take Julio all day, you know, uh, because I already know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get with Julio. Like nothing has changed with Julio. Juju, you know, now you're talking about taking Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the game, or the best wide receiver in the game. And, you know, now he's going to be facing the best corners in the game. And that might change. But you have to look at the amount of targets that the Steelers have to fill, unless they're just going to be running the ball. No, James, James Conner is also a pass catching back. He's going to take a lot of the targets, you know, too. I mean, I think the targets are going to, I, I believe, honestly, all the targets are going to be distributed between Juju, Conner, and McDonald. That's what I see. Juju, Connor, McDonald are going to get all those passes. So, like, if Juju already had 166 targets, just give him a like, give him 15 more targets. Yeah, no, no, he's he's going to get a, he's going to get a heavy workload. It's just going to see that how he could perform with that workload. Yeah. You know, I I would yeah. like I said, I would say that he's going to perform with it. Just difficult to see. Uh, like I say, with you know, with a little bit of a uneasiness, you know. All right, but I I got faith, and you know, just not an abundance of confidence, but I got faith. In gotta it. have faith, faith, faith. George Michael. <laughs> Wait, were you singing George Michael Limp Biscuit version? No, no, I was George Michael. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans goes next. And this is another thing. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen uh, finish out the second, you know, coming towards the end of the second round. I rather, I have, I'm more confident in Keenan Allen than I am in Mike Evans, to be honest with you. I'm more confident with Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown. T.Y. Hilton. Damn, then Mike Evans. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> then Mike whoa, Evans. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's nuts. Mike Evans is not going to be the number one wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, he is. Of course he is. 100% he is. It's going to be Chris Godwin. He's not. No, no way. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy, Bull. That's insane. You're wilding. I'm Mike wilding Evans is the number the one. Mike Evans is the number one, without a doubt. Chris Godwin was the number two. That's without a doubt. And this season, Mike Evans is going to pass the torch to Chris Godwin. You're nuts. As the wide receiver one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're nuts. You're nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy to say. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just spinning facts right now. It's going to happen. It's not it's a gonna be fact. fact. It's, it's your be facts. opinion. Watch. It's going to be facts. We're going to fast forward. End of the season, Alex just spoke some facts. You're, you're nuts. Mike Evans never had more than 100 receptions in his his career. He still ended up as a wide receiver one one time. Like the like he ended up one time as like like the highest like wide receiver. Because there was no one else to throw to. And Tampa Bay just sucks. It, it, yeah, but still Chris it, it's not like Chris Godwin is like you know the second coming of Jesus. Chris Godwin is a much better wide receiver than Mike Evans. Absolutely not. Runs better routes. He hasn't had a hundred has what, a bigger receptions? route tree. 
is faster. Mike Evans only runs like one or two routes. He just knows how to catch them. That's it. As far as Yak, last season he was like number 58. Chris Godwin finished better than him. I I say you're bugging. Right. Well, you're absolutely you know, bugging. He's a, he's gonna be on one of our next episodes, you know. And I I I'll go in depth. But um Yeah, no, you're bugging. All right, but uh, you know, uh, I do love Keenan Allen over Mike Evans. Right, so we that we agree on. That's fine. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially when you saw his Madden rating go up. Oh yeah, no, yes, yeah, no, yeah. I don't play Madden. But so. you, so you don't watch the BFB podcast the Instagram? No. Okay, because I posted that video of his Madden rating going up. <laughs> How he banded Madden because he had a nine eighty nine rating, and then the guy came and said his route winning went up, his strength went up, and got the Keenan went up. So now he's a ninety two rating, and then Keenan Allen's like, I'm no longer banning Madden now. Keenan Allen is awesome. He, he, I don't even know why he has a he had an eighty nine rating. He's he's a well now he plus. has a ninety two and now he's no go. longer banning Madden. Yeah, they, that makes hey, why, look sense. at the video. Look at BAV podcast. I'll check check out, out the video. No, but yeah, I like I love Keenan Allen. Um, even Adam Thielen, you know, Adam Thielen, I like a lot. Yeah, I I I would I would see going over Mike Evans. Uh, it has nothing to do with Mike Evans' uh, talent and anything like that. I I I still think he's a top wide receiver you know he's still a top wide receiver uh he also has a pretty difficult schedule for the most part but not too much uh no he has he has a pretty difficult schedule yeah so i, I wouldn't also you know i wouldn't love mike evans to be my wide receiver one i would i'd be more confident in white evans is my wide receiver two more than anything else uh antonio brown <sighs> this is tough to say now we know that he's definitely playing again yeah, news is back that he's going to report to practice. So yeah, that was quick. Like as soon as soon as they saw that they they you know, which is what we thought was going to happen. They're not going to be like Antonio Brown. We're not allowing this helmet. You're not going to tell us what to do. You know what I mean? And the same thing. Tom Brady's not happy with the helmet either. He's been complaining about it, uh, saying that it's been difficult. But he says like, hey, I don't have much of a choice. It's the helmets that they give. You know. So apparently, some top well known stars in the NFL are not happy with these helmets. And Antonio Brown being one of them, but he has to play with it. So, uh, I don't know. Do, do you think maybe there's like a part of him being spiteful that he'll probably purposely not want to play good to show that the helmet's holding him back? Hell, no, man. Come on. He's a pro. He's a pro. He has shown to be a pro. He does have the antics of... Yeah, he's been... He's on, the, been on, on the field, on the field, he has shown. Like, he, he's not going to... I, I don't know. That's like that's he's gonna disrespect his teammates if he does stuff like that. You know, you, you already got your money. He's you got your money. The helmet. Yeah, Excuse but he, he, you had to be a, some sort of sociopath to do some something like that. You know, egomaniac, which for the most part all these wide receivers are. You know, like top wide receivers are. You have to be a little bit loose. You know, have a couple of screws loose in order to perform in in that level. But for him to uh, not perform well and just to show and prove that it's because of the helmet, I think it's taken a, a, too far, you know? And I, I'll be re- really, really upset. Well, you know, he's somebody... Not only has somebody, like, let's say, that's taking stocks on Antonio Brown, but as a football fan in general or as a sports aficionado in general, that's just, you know, that's a no-no. He's, I, he, he's definitely... I, I'm, I'm the, LeBron James, to me, would be like... The, the, you know, I, I, I would like LeBron James over anything than Antonio Brown right now, like, if he does something like that. like, And I don't really like LeBron James, so. Uh, screw LeBron James. 
You know, we all say that, uh, that you all know that. How about how I feel about LeBron James? I am not a LeBron James fan. Um, with that being said, Antonio Brown is definitely a guy that I uh, don't. I'm not very confident taking, but where he's going toward in the middle of the third round. I mean, depending if you go running back heavy, you might be looking at him in, as your wide receiver one. I'm more confident when Antonio Brown is my wide receiver too. I mean, he's still Antonio Brown. You still got to trust him. The main thing is that you, Derek Carr is that much of a bad quarterback that you question taking somebody like Antonio Brown. You know, I think his feet are going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine for week one. I don't think that's going to be an issue. He's going to play week one. But Derek Carr is that much of a bad quarterback that it makes you question about taking somebody like Antonio Brown, which is sad. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Now, we know that I love T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, you're a We big, all know I love T.Y. Hilton. Big, 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 big T.Y. Hilton fan. Now, there's a lot of concern about Andrew Luck and his calf, and I said he's dealing with a bone issue. You know, and it seems to be like maybe a real thing. Now, I don't know if the injury will keep him out for many regular season games, but it might keep him out for a few. It might keep him out for like maybe one or two, something like that, right? Maybe, maybe. maybe. We'll see. We got to get, we got to pay attention to it because the biggest thing with T.Y. Hilton is if Andrew Luck plays. That's the biggest thing you got to keep about. Now, if Andrew Luck does not play, T.Y. Hilton drops like a spot or two for me. He does. But that's about it for the most for me. I always love T.Y. Hilton. You know, I call him Thank You Hilton. I'm always going to love him. But this is a different. he plays different without Andrew Luck. Now, Hilton was the wide receiver 14 with Luck last year, right? And Luck played every game last year. In 2017, Luck missed the entire season. And T.Y. Hilton was the wide receiver 27. Without, T, without Andrew Luck. That's a big difference. That's a major, major, major difference. He averaged 11 points a game without Luck, and when Luck was there last year, he averaged 17.1 points per game. Uh, with Luck, he had 120 targets. That's an average of 8.5 targets because he only played 14 games last year, T.Y. Hilton. In 2017, without Luck, it dropped to 109. It dropped to 6.9 targets per game. His receptions also dropped. They went from having 76 receptions to 57 the year that Luck missed. And he also had two less touchdowns. He went from six to four. Basically, everything drops for T.Y. Hilton when Luck is not under center in a dramatic way, a lot of ways. There is one silver lining about it, though, if you look at it this way, and it has to do with T.Y. Hilton with him himself improving throughout the years. Remember, they both got drafted the same year, and Andrew Luck has loved them ever since. But T.Y. Hilton has been improving throughout it. So before 2017, right, before that one year that T.Y. Hilton did not have Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton played only 10 games without Andrew Luck. So he had the six, So he had the whole 16 games in the t- 2017 season. Before that, he's only played only 10 games without Andrew Luck. Out of those 10 games before the 2017 season, T.Y. Hilton only had one game that went for at least 100 yards. Jeez. In the 2017 season where he missed 16 games with Luck, he had four games with at least 100 yards. And I think it's more of a that's more contrib- contribution to TY Hilton improving as a wide receiver that he was ended up could develop and could put out more of those 100-yard games without the great chemistry that, you know, that he has with Andrew Luck that he didn't have, you know, he had the sub, you know, below average way below average quarterback of Jacoby Brissett. So, uh, you know, 
Well, nothing went to T.Y. That last time, last year was the first time that he missed some games in the season. He's never missed a game before. Last year, he missed two. He's still a really solid player. He's got a very high ceiling, T.Y. Hilton, and he also has a very high floor. He's not really one to disappoint like that. If Andrew Luck is under center, if he's not under center, I'm nervous. I believe in T.Y.'s talent. I believe in T.Y. and who he is, but I'm nervous if he's not under center luck so that's the that's the biggest thing it depends if luck is going to play ty hilton still like a early very early third rounder that's his average adp and i'll probably i would personally rank him higher but i just think his adp is is going to out you know he'll do very well for that adp i think he's a very and you're good, not alone on person. that if uh andrew luck is not playing definitely definitely not only will ty drop but a lot of other players maybe marlon mack will go up maybe maybe but uh, you're not going to be the only one with that concern. I'll be concerned. Ty will definitely drop on my rankings as far as uh, where to select. He them. drops like a spot or two. That's it. Yeah, he's so, still he's still a talent. But you're talking about a player that yet missing a few games. He still ended up as a wide receiver 14. Just, just oh, you know, just out of the bubble as a wide receiver one. You know, the top 12. You know, and that's just if he were to play those two games and not miss those, he would have definitely been in the bubble. You know. He would have ranked as one, a wide receiver one. And, uh, you know, the only thing, you know, obviously now there's more weapons for Andrew Luck. You know, you got Devin Funchins. I'm not, I'm not too concerned with Devin Funchins. He's someone that led the league in drops. He had like seven drops last season. Uh, but, you know, you do have a Paris Campbell who, uh, you know, he's a speedster and they might try. You know, he's hurt he, right now. No, well, you know, he comes back, you know, like. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not concerned about the wide receiver twos. The no. wide receiver twos with Andrew Luck on the center no. does not do good. They don't. They don't perform well. When it's okay. an, when Andrew Luck is on the center, he kills a Ty Hilton. Everybody else gets and his a little, tight ends, and yeah, and everybody else gets a little piece here and there. His tight ends do well, but yeah. that's it. All right. So I'm not. I'm not concerned about the. I like Paris Campbell better in Dynasty than I do in redraft leagues. I don't. You know, if Andrew Luck's playing, I don't think Paris Campbell's going to do all that. As much as people are saying. I'm not saying he's not going to do well. He's still going to do well. Just not as much as people are saying. Okay. Um, moving forward, Amari Cooper is ranked after him. Uh, I have T.Y. Hilton ranked above Amari Cooper. Uh, I even have Stefan Diggs ranked above Amari Cooper. I like Amari Cooper a lot. The biggest problem is, of course, is that, listen, what's going to go on with his deal? What's going to go on with Dak's deal? They're saying Dak's looking for, for, uh, for $40 million. They say he's looking for but. Uh, still, though, it's just it's, it's Amari Cooper is shown to do great and then to do terrible. I'm still comfortable, not for nothing. If I went wide receiver heavy, I mean, running back heavy, if I went running back heavy and I picked Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one, I'm still comfortable with that. I'm still comfortable picking Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver one. I'm still comfortable picking Adam Thielen as my wide receiver one. So if I went like three running backs in the first round and then I went with Adam Thielen, or Mari Cooper or Stefan Diggs, even T.Y. Hilton, I'm comfortable with any of those guys. T.Y. Hilton, more like I said, depends on what Andrew Luck does. I'm still very comfortable with Amari Cooper, though, there. It's just that the problem is, is that he has shown what he's capable of, and then he's also shown that he's also capable of the exact opposite. Now, this is, of course, in the Raiders' office with Derek Carr, which, you know, Antonio Brown is not a part of, so that's why we're scared about Antonio Brown, because look how much Amari Cooper changed when he went to a better offense on the Cowboys, than he was when he was on a bad offense with the Raiders. I got to look up the numbers of Antonio Brown and what he what he did with the games without 
Ben. Ben. Yeah. When he did, when I remember it was like uh, Landry. Somebody. Somebody. Somebody named Landry. Landry Jones. Landry. Yeah. Landry was Jones. But throwing, Landry and Michael Jones Vick. is nowhere near comparable to Derek Carr. No. And and Michael Vick, but still, it's it's the rapport that he has with Ben Roethlisberger that made, also made him so great. So I gotta look up those stats. Yeah. And but with, with Cooper, you know, like two seasons ago, he ended up as a wide receiver, thirty six. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's with the same wide, offense that's throwing the ball at Antonio Brown now. Yeah, uh, a flex. Imagine select drafting a player and he ends up being your flex player. You know, as far as he performs as a flex player. You you, you mean that high? Uh, uh, imagine, yeah, yeah. Because I could it. imagine drafting a player to be my flex player. That I could imagine. No, no, no. Imagine. I could no, imagine that. But imagine how upset you will be <laughs> if you drafted a player if, that, that high, that like high. in the second round. <laughs> yeah, I got now it makes sense. So gotcha. It's just you know, like that's the. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to end up being your flex player, but it's not. There's a possibility that he can end up as a wide receiver too, you know. And I, just, you know, I, I think I just think in, in well, if if you're taking around the third round, you, you know, you're taking about a guy in the third round. He's going towards the end of the third round. His average ADP is three hundred six right now. If you're taking a guy around there and he ends up being your wide receiver too, you're probably looking either at your wide receiver too. You either went really running back heavy or you took a stud stud tight end. But I think for a wide receiver two with the potential to be a wide receiver one, guys like Amari Cooper, T.Y., Thielen, and Diggs are all very good candidates. I think any of those guys are very good candidates to be good wide receiver twos with the possibility of being wide receiver threes, any of those guys in the third round. In, so, the, th- in the third round, I think, like, let's say if Diggs is out the board and, and there's Cooper and then the next one is Julian Edelman, I think I'll jump and get Julian Edelman. Cooper. You go for Coopers? Yeah. I go Julian Edelman. Uh, let's go through the. the um, who, else is, who else is Brady going to throw to? We just said that before. We were talking about the four. It looks like Jacoby Myers is going to be the guy. James White, first of all. Okay. All right. So go on. Move on. Uh, so, yeah. So moving on. So now in the fourth round, we'll finish this up. We'll wrap this up real quick. Uh, Julian Edelman. He's also a guy that I feel like could have wide receiver one potential because of the love he has with Brady because, you know, he's that quick dump-off kind of guy. You know, he gets the PPR. He's a PPR monster. Obviously, he drops for us in standard. Drops a lot more for me in standard. But in PPR, fourth round, yeah, I have no problem. So if I went, like, I picked two running backs for my first two picks, and then I took a Cooper and Gentleman, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm happily fine with that. If I took any of those wide receivers in the third round with Edelman, Edelman to me is like a safe cushion in a PPR so I do recommend if you do go running back heavy if that is your strategy and then in your third you know in your third and fourth round you go Cooper and Edelman or Diggs and Edelman I think you're in a good spot there I think that's fine no yeah uh, I I love Edelman I could even see people I I won't be mad people reaching for him in the sixth in the third round Uh, Brandon Cooks now this is what's crazy that all in the fourth round you got all three of the Rams wide receivers going and I think that's I think there's going to be a bust there somewhere. And by bust, I mean they're not going to perform up to their ADP. I can't see all three of them being in the top 20. So one is going to be a bust, but there's going to be two that one performs their ADP I think two are going to one perf- outperforms it, right? Yeah, I think okay. two are going to perform. I think the bust is going to be Cooper Cup. I think that Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are going to be in the wire- in the top 20. Cooper Cup is going to be your bus. I don't see him ending up in the top 20. You know the last six games that he played, right? Yeah, he was hurt. He uh, he ranked as a wide receiver 11. 
Yeah, I think he's going to be the bust. I think Robert Woods, because because of the fact that he got hurt and also Brandon Cooks was hurt, Robert Woods got to showcase what he could do for that offense. First of all, it's a Sean McVay offense. It's a fantastic offense. Because of the, how good that offense is, is the reason why Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup are up so early. You know, that's why, like, Todd Gurley's still even in contention for being, like, a number one overall running back. Not number one overall, but, like, you know, a, a running back one, I mean, because of the fact that it's just such a good offense. But I just it, I just don't see that all three of them are going to end up in the top 20. Um, so let's say um, let's say uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods were selected already in the fourth round. Yeah. And obviously Julian Edelman, someone jumped and got him in the third round. Who would you select? Kenny that? Galladay. Kenny Galladay? Yeah. I go Chris Godwin. I know because you're you're infatuated in love. I'm gonna go with a better offense. And I, I and I'm I have I have a lot of confidence still, that he's he's gonna end up being as a wide receiver one. I go Kenny Galladay because of the fact that I think Kelly Galladay is the short is, I believe is now, is it to say he's a wide receiver one? I don't see Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver one. He's the wide receiver one for that team. I don't see him as a surefire wide receiver one. I believe Stafford's a better quarterback than Winston. I believe they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and they're going to want to throw the ball a lot. I believe the touchdowns and the red zone targets are going to go to Marvin Jones. But I And I believe that the touchdown red zone targets in that offense for the Buccaneers are going to go to O.J. Howard and Mike Evans. So I believe PPR-wise, Kenny Galladay is still a solid pick because he's still a very good wide receiver. I don't think he's a true wide receiver one. But I think he's still a very good one. He's a very serviceable one. And PPR wise is going to do fine because they're going to be playing from behind a lot. And I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think so, that Matthew so Stafford the Buccan- is still The a Buccaneers better. are also going to be playing from behind a lot because their defense sucks. I don't trust, the la- the I don't last trust six games, in their offensive line, and I don't trust in Jameis Winston. The last six games uh, played last season in, in fantasy, Winston ended as a number seven quarterback. Meanwhile, I don't give a damn about the last three games. Stafford, 36. I don't give a damn about the last three games. I do give a damn about the whole six 16. Six games. I don't give a damn about the last six. I give about the whole okay. 16. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I bet I bet you, BFN bet that Winston is gonna be a he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna beat uh Stafford in in fantasy. And and no no no. I'll agree with that because Mike Evans is a way better wide receiver than Kenny Galladay. I give you fifty points. And OJ Howard I give is you fifty points. No 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 no. Fantasy wise, yeah. Winston's gonna outperform Stafford. Okay. I'm not saying he won't. I just think Stafford's a better quarterback. We're talking we're talking fantasy here, right? But we're, yeah, so that's okay. why we're talking about Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and I'm talking about Godwin. But I'm this is what I'm saying that Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver one for that team. Chris Godwin is the wide receiver two. Like it or love it, if you believe he's going to be that at the end, doesn't matter. As of right now, Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver one for that team, and I believe that Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Now he's going to put up more fantasy numbers. Okay, because Mike Evans is a better wide receiver than all those guys. Fair enough. Uh. So, yeah, so I know you're in love with Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm also confident with Robert Woods. Still not as confident as other people do are, but I, I still like Robert Woods a lot. It's just, remember, he had a lot of the opportunities because of the fact his numbers are so high because of the fact that Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup were both hurt. Yeah, that's, uh, that has that has to do something with it. But uh, it's a high-powered offense. And, yeah, um, it's still a great offense. There, you got you to gotta take a chance with one of them. It's just any of those wide receivers you take, you're going to just still feel a certain kind of way because it's, it's going to be it's, – it's, it's the same thing like the Browns pretty much, you know, like except they don't have a great wide receiver three. They have a great wide receiver three. There's a lot of mouths to feed over there in the Rams. 
Yeah. And Everybody, Todd, everybody's like comfortable with all of them. Like if they're all gonna end up in the top twenty, I don't see it. <laughs> and Todd Gurley, it fell. Yeah, exactly. I, I that's what I'm saying. I don't see it. Like you know, like and same thing with the Browns. People talk about the Browns. Like oh, Dell, you know, Jarvis Landry and Joku, Nick Chubb. There's so many people that throw the ball around too. Well, there's more people throw the ball around too. Now, granted, Sean McVay, I think, is a better coach than Fred Kitchen, but Fred Kitchen can still show to be a good coach. So I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what's gonna happen. We shall see. Uh. All right, so we ended up with the first four rounds. That ends the wide receiver part one episode. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, our wide receiver twos. Sorry, not wide receiver twos, the wide receiver part two episode. We'll get through all the other ones, all the other rounds, and we'll tell you about the great wide receivers you need to take. And our bromance show. Our fantasy crushes. We'll explain about that tomorrow. Once again, party people, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Find us, rate us, subscribe to us, rate us, and review us, please. Party people, check out the website also, www.betterfantasybureau.com. Peace, party people. Success and nothing less. Thank you for the support. Peace.